0: All right, we're up to Kuf hey, Ahmed Aleph. Uh, we're a few lines into the page. I, I should have uh, just finished the sugya. It was like two more lines, but uh, we didn't. Um, we're up to uh, Kuf Hayam Ahmed Aleph. We're Umar, Rava Omar. Just very, very bekitsa, just to finish the sugya. We said yesterday that there's a situation like this. The, the basic rules were that if a, a man steals something, we know that if a man steals something, lies about it, meaning says he didn't steal lies under oath, and then admits to it, he has to pay back the geneva, he has to pay back a fifth and bring a karvan. So we talked about yesterday, at the end of the daf, what happens if someone does that and then dies? So we said, does the, 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 the children do not have to bring a carbon for him because there's no atonement, he's dead. You definitely have to return the geneva. The question is, do they pay a fifth? So there was a stira. It was a bit of a contradiction. So what we basically concluded, the case was where the father st- lied but did not admit it, the son admit, if the father lied and admit it. So he's Chayiv, Gneva, and a Chaymish, and then dies, so the kids have to fulfill his debt. If, however, he lies, doesn't admit, then, then dies. The kid gets the item, the kid lies, because also the kid says, I don't know what you're talking about, and then admits that he and his father were lying, he pays so the question was, why does he not pay I, I understand, the father didn't admit, but he the kid also lied. Meaning, if the kid lied, and there's a theft, why isn't there a Karen and a Chaimish? So we said yesterday, because there's a rule that you don't pay Chaimish from encumbered property. But this is the one more line of the Gemara, a different answer of, again, the kid lied, the kid said, the lie is... I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have anything. My father didn't leave me anything stolen. And then, turns out to be false. The kid admits it. Um, So we said that the kid pays Karen, but not a Chaymash. Why? So, Rav Omer, you know what the case is? The case is where the stolen property that the father had, this kid didn't know about. Meaning, the kid, when the kid lied and he said, I don't have anything, he thought he was telling the truth. Itaka was a lie, because it turns out he had stolen property. He didn't know. His father had left stolen property as part of the inheritance, but he didn't know about it. It was mufkid biyad Khairim that someone else, you know, he gave someone else a stolen laptop. So when they asked the kid, they said, your father made an oath that he didn't steal anything. Do you know anything about this? The kid says, I don't know what you're talking about. turns out, and then the kid... In, two days later a guy meets a guy who's like yeah, I have your father's stolen laptop so he goes to court he says I, I'm sorry I lied I, did, I didn't I did realize so he say you pay Karen not the Chaymash why don't you pay Chaymash it's yeah. still a lie I mean it's technically a lie he thought he was telling the truth and that's exactly the point the Gemara says Karen Mishalim in such a case the son has to return the principal theft of the laptop because it's here Le meshalim, but he doesn't pay Chaymash why? because when he swore he thought he was telling the truth It's a very rare occurrence where you're lying without knowing you're lying regarding theft. Normally, when a thief lies, he knows he's lying. This is the only scenario where the the kid is technically lying because he said, I don't have any stolen property. It's not true. You do. But he had no idea. So, because he didn't have an idea, we're not going to make him pay the Chaymish. Okay. That's the end of that uh, Sugya. Now, the Gemara, the Mishnah said a halacha. The Mishnah said that we know that you have to pay back the karen and the chaymish. And the Mishnah talked about the differences between the two. And the main difference is that the karen you have to travel to return. So if the guy's in Israel, you have to go to Israel to give him the karen. But the fifth, the chaymish, that you could say, uh, come back, you know, uh, when, when you come, pick it up. The Mishnah gave an example of a situation where there is no karen. So how do you have a situation where there's just a chaymish? So one case is, I paid the karen. One case is I was moichel the Karen, meaning I steal from you, and I could pay you the keren, but not the chaimish. That's how I could just have a fifth. I could have it that you're moichel the Karen but not the chaimish for whatever reason. Or there's the third case in the Mishnah, is where the keren drops in value to less than a shavapruta. So if it's less than a shavapruta, it's nothing. So let's say I steal. <laughs> huh? Chaimish unless a shavapruta is nothing also. Correct. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. The, the Mishnah talked about that. The Mishnah talked about how the Karen, and the, that, that would be a case where the Karen and Chaimish both plummet. You're right. The point is the Karen dropped to less than a Shavu pruta. So that means, by the way, if you walk away from this Mishnah, if you stole a paper towel, or a towel, whatever, that was worth, let's say a Shavu pruta is worth a quarter. Let's say a Shavu pruta is a quarter. When you stole it, it was worth a quarter. But now the price of towels plummeted, and now it's worth a dime. Sounds like you don't have to return it, because it's not a Shavu pruta. Says the Gemara, Amraf Papa, this halacha that it's if it's less than a Shava pruta, you don't have to you don't have to go give, give it to the guy. Meaning you don't have to return it is only when the paper the towel doesn't exist anymore. Meaning, I stole a towel worth a quarter, and now the price of towels plummeted to a dime. It's less than a shavir pruta. Says the Gemara, you don't have to return it because less than a shava pruta anyway. We're not. Says the Gemara, that's only true when the towel is gone. It burns in a fire. So I have to give you the value of a towel and the value of a towel is Lashen But let's say I have the towel still here. The towel is sitting right here. Then the is you have to return it. Why? Because the towel is still here. Maybe in a few weeks, the price of towels will go up. So when the item is not here anymore and it's just the value, well, right now the value is less than a Shavah it doesn't matter. But let's say the item is still here, so you're going to say, yeah, but it's still less than Shavah You have to return it. Why? Because if you actually have the item that was stolen, maybe that item will go up in a few weeks. And now it will be worth the Shavah And therefore you have to return it. That's the halach. Says the Gemara, Because we're afraid that the value will go up. And that's a little bit of a strange thing, because if you're so worried the value will go up, you should probably give the let, you know what I mean? Like, right, it's sort of, do you look at it right now, or do you look at it what it might be? Like, if it's just the value of a towel, right now it's less than shava Prutah, let it be. But if it's the towel itself, you've got to give it back a bit of a chiddish that we make a distinction between the item itself and the value of the item like if you're worried it's going to go up, you should be worried it's going to go up, if you're not worried it's going to go up you probably shouldn't be, but the Gemara makes a distinction between the item and the value, that's the first version, <speaking in Hebrew> but some have a different version <speaking in Hebrew> according to this version it does not matter whether the towel is here, whether the towel is stolen is, is destroyed and you have to return the value all that matters is right now Right now, is it less than a shava Pruta? Yeah, don't worry about it. We're not worried that the value of an item will go up. Right now, it's less than a shava If it goes up, we'll deal with it then. <coughs> I'm a Ravah. Ravah has this rule. I'll tell you outside Ravah's rule. Ravah's rule is that if you stole an item that was worth a shava Pruta, even though right now it's not, you have to return it. Ravah does not care about the value the way it is right now. He cares about the value the way it was. This is Rava, gazel Let's say I steal three flowers, three bundles of whatever, three, three, three uh, pieces of 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 of, uh, of three flowers, And each flower is worth a pruta. So okay, but then what happens is while I have it, the price of roses flowers drops. And all of a sudden, instead of three flowers worth a pruta each, instead of it being worth three prutas, it's worth two prutas. So it dropped 33%. So right now I have these same three fa- flowers, but they're only worth two prutas. Okay. I return two of them. The question is, do I have to return the third? Now, when I stole it, each one was worth a pruta. So each one is significant. I would have to return all three. But the thing is that the value went down to two prutas. So now each flower is not worth a pruta each, each flower is worth like 0.75 or something like that. I return two. So I have one flower left. Right now this flower is worth 0.75 of a pruta, meaning it's not worth a pruta. So the question is, do I have to return it? Do you go by the way it is right now? Right now it's it's worth less than a pruta. Or do you say, when you stole it, it was worth a pruta. says, Rava, you go by the way it was at the time of the theft. At the time of the theft, that's when it was worth a pruta. So at that time it was nikva. It was decided that you have to return it. It doesn't matter that the price plummeted. It says Rava, You have to return the last flower. I. It's not worth a pruta right now, but it was worth a pruta, and that's all that matters. You know how Rava proves it. The halacha is. I'll just say it outside. We we'll see it inside. The halacha is if you Minus steal. <clears throat> so so the, the bottom result is you have no matter what you have to uh, you have to return it according to Rava. Uh, now, Rav's proof is that it doesn't matter what it's valued now. We care about what it was valued at the time of the theft. Is from the halacha of stealing chametz. The halacha is that if you steal Cheerios before Pesach, on Pesach it turns into chametz. You return the chometz, you return the Cheerios. If you don't, you have to replace it. What, Whatever what, what, you, you want. I'm saying after Pesach you could return Pesach, the Cheerios. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Right now, Cheerios to Pesach is the equivalent of a flower the value plummeting, right? It was worth, Cheerios were worth $5 a box, and then comes Pesach, it's worth zero. It's the equivalent of a price plummet. And what's the halacha? You have to return it. So what's the answer? I don't care the value that it is now. I care about the value, the time of the theft. It's mamisha a very clear raya, that we don't go by the way the value is now. if you go by the way that is valued now, why do I have to return the chametz? Right now, it's worth zero. Is there a difference between the price plummeting, it's like a stock that went to zero, or it's it's, it's chametz, so what's the difference? It says the Gemara, you see from here, it's a very clear raya, we He's go... allowed to return it on Pesach? Well, after Pesach. If he he returns zero, it. It says zero. After of course it is. It's Khamish of a Pesach was banu you can get any per khamish va zero market value betanatu no and the mamish moforisha mishna what does the Mishnah say gazal khamish va vavla pesach you steal khamish and the pesach goes over so it's not os banu i'm lish khof na khayu return the khamish time it is between halasave nei apaga avda hashal me no keeping now let's say you didn't have the khamish you'd have to replace it but it's not valued anything right now the answer is it was so too it is with the flowers, although right now the price of flowers dropped so that each flower is worth less than a pruta, you have to return it. Why? Because at the time of the theft it was worth a pruta, and that is really all that matters. Let's say, I steal two flowers, and at the time of the theft each flower is worth half a pruta. Again, let, let's go easy numbers. Let's go with that a pruta is a dollar. Okay? So less than a pruta is not significant in halacha. I stole two flowers. Each flower is worth 50 cents. Mm-hmm. And I returned one. So the question is, do I have to return the other? You know, meaning like this. Do we say, well, you got you to gotta return what you're stolen? Or do you say, listen, when you returned one, that was nothing. Do you say, well, I returned... I returned enough that right now what I have left is less than a prutas, so it's insignificant, so I can keep it. Or do you say, no, what you returned is nothing. It's only something if you put both of them together. I mean, that's the question. If you return one, how do you look at it? Do you say, well, I technically no longer stole a prutas worth? Or do you say, you didn't return a prutas worth? You understand what I'm saying? So it's sort of like, do you look at what you stole, in which case, well, Again, if you steal a dollar, it's significant in halacha. Less than that is insignificant. You stole a dollar, but each flower is worth 50 cents. I return one flower. So the question is, do I have to return the other? So what's the shaila? Well, do you say that based on what you returned, you no longer stole a dollar's worth of merchandise? Or do you say you didn't return anything? Because from a halachic perspective, the same way stealing less than a dollar is nothing, returning less than a dollar is also nothing. So that's the question. By Rava, uh, One is 50 cents. So that's less than a pruta. So the question is, how do you look at it? Right now, did you steal a pruta's worth of merchandise? Yes. No, you didn't. No, no, but right now, right now, it's returned. Do I still have a theft of a merchandise of a pruta? Because you have one left over at home. Which is how much? 50 cents. Which is half a pruta. Right. So from a theft perspective, I no longer have a debt of a pruta. Or do you say you didn't return anything? The mitzvah of Hashif Teshiva means return something significant. You didn't return. You returned enough. You didn't return anything significant, but you returned enough that it's no longer a prutas worth of debt. How do you look at it? That, that, that's the question. When you first stole it, you... Well, you stole, you stole one prutas worth. You stole two items. No, but it's one act of theft. So you stole a prutas the worth... Of theft Correct. So the question is, you returned half a prutas worth. So do you say, well, I no longer have a debt of a prutas, so it's fine. Or do you say, you didn't return anything from a halachic perspective. So that's the question. Do you say, right now you don't have a prutas worth of theft, so it's fine. You can keep it. Keep the last flower. Or On the other hand, you didn't return anything significant, and therefore it's a problem. So here's his conclusion. Look at these words. There is no theft, there is no return. Now that that doesn't make sense. There is no theft, there is no return, doesn't make sense. If there is no theft, that means you returned it. If there is a theft, that means you didn't return it. So he says there is no theft and there is no return. What does that mean? The Gemara says, What does that mean? You say, if you didn't steal, there is no theft, and you didn't return the item. If there is no theft, that means I did return the item. So rather, what Rava meant is like this, What Rava was saying is, even though there is no longer a theft, you did not do the mitzvah of returning. Meaning, uh, you have to return both. Returning an item worth less than a pruta is insignificant in halacha. So although right now you no longer have an outstanding debt of theft of a pruta, but you didn't do the mitzvah of returning either. you You have to give back the second flower. Now because we mentioned this little word play of like, we're going to mention a similar discussion, but it's not really related to this at all. And then we'll go back to this discussion. This is related to the mitzvah of a nozer. We know that a nozer has to shave his entire body. Now, if you leave two hairs worth left on your body, you're not yoy to the mitzvah. So here's what the guy did. Amarava hari amru, We know that if you shave and you leave two hairs on your head, or two hairs on your body, you have not fulfilled the mitzvah. So you shave the whole body, but you left two hairs, right here. Two hairs by each pace, One hair, one hair in each, not yoy to the mitzvah. Okay so now here's what what if I have two hairs left so I wasn't yet to the mitzvah then I cut off one and then the next second one falls away falls off on its own have I fulfilled the mitzvah so the Gemara says why, why not you had two hairs left so you're not yet to the first there were, two, there were two cuttings there was the initial cutting but that left two hairs so that initial cutting was not yet to the mitzvah the second cutting is giluach. Now, giluach, for it to be significant, there has to be two hairs there. So there are two hairs. I cut off one, and then one falls off. Why not? I, I cut off the second to last hair, so I, I started cutting it, and then the other hair fell away. What, what, what's the problem? So Gemara says, you're asking if you could cut one at a time meaning you cut one hair off and then one hair fell off so who cares, That's fine what's the problem? you no longer have hair in your body so the Gemara says no, here's the kasha. here's the case you shaved off your whole head leaving two hairs not yaitza then when you go to cut off the last two hairs one of them falls off on its own here's the problem that means that by the time you're doing your second cutting there is no two hairs there. Cutting in halacha is only defined by if there being two hairs, two hairs present. So here's the problem. You had two active cuttings, essentially. The first one didn't cut it. Oh, okay. The first one, sorry. I hate myself for that. The first one, you're not yoytza because you had two hairs left on your head. So the first one, X. And you, have to you, can't, you, have, you can't have two left. You have the second cutting. But the problem is by the time you got to the second cutting, what had already fallen out? A Giluach is only significant if there's two hairs present. So, the time you got to the second cutting, there weren't two hairs present. So, it wasn't a Maisa Giluach. So, you, you cut it twice, but due to technicalities, you never actually had a Giluach. Because the first time you left two, so it's not a proper Giluach. The second one, it's only a Giluach if there's two hairs present. By the time you got to the second cutting, there was only one hair left because the first one had already fallen out on its own. So, you never had a Maisa Giluach. <laughs> Another, the itself has to is a it's not, not having hair. It's the process. Correct. You can't like use like um like if someone has alopecia, it wouldn't it wouldn't fulfill the mitzvah. Maybe maybe uh, but not their not So that's the problem. So the question is, do we say, so again, you cut all of it, but you left two. So not yitzhim. Then one falls out, and then you cut the last one. So do you say, well, at the end of the day, there's no more hairs left. So Yaitza the Mitzvah, or do you say and, and there's no more hairs because I cut it. Well, on the other hand, technically when you got to the second giluach, there weren't two hairs present. So it wasn't a Maisa giluach. So that's his question. Hadar Pashta Seir kan Giluach Einkan. Rabbi then concluded, there are no hair, there is no cutting. What does it mean? There is no hair, there is no cutting. If there is no hair, that means I cut it. So the Gemara says, Giluach kan. What does that mean? So pisha Seir Giluach What he meant was, even though there's no hair, you have not fulfilled the mitzvah. Not yet to the mitzvah. Even though the, all the hair is gone, it was not a proper Maisa Giluach. Not yet to the mitzvah. You'll have to, you'll have to either to let it grow back. Yeah. Um, okay, Amarava. Okay, one more question. The reason there wasn't a legitimate is because the first time you left two hairs, correct. and by the time you got to the second one, there weren't two hairs present. It's only giluach if there's two hairs, at least two hairs left. Would you start the Giluch? <clears throat> um, okay, let's go weiter. So, one more question related to this kind of like half half type of thing, and then we'll go back to our second. Okay, the halach is like this um, We know that if there's a dead body in the room, the tumma goes up. Now, the tumma will stop by the roof, it won't go to the floor above unless there's an opening in the roof, like a, like a tefach opening. Now let's say you have a tefach opening, but you seal it. So that seals it. So let's say you put a cheres, you put a cheres facing up. This is due to technicality, it has to be the external part of the cheres, which blocks the tumah, fine. You have a cheres in the hole. So you take, like, there's a hole, tumma's going up, so you take a cheres and plunge it in, blocks it up. Then a hole happens, it goes back up. So you have this earthenware barrel that's blocking the tumah but then it gets a hole in the bottom so the Tumah goes right through but there's natural sediment let's say there was some sediment It was an old wine bottle whatever, it was an old oil drum the sediment sort of seals up the hole so then okay, so it's sealed up Hitzilua, it protects, it stops the Tumah from drown Rava, here's the question Ogav Chetzia Mahu the hole, the size of a hole that will transmit the Tumah is the size of a Tefach let's say I have a Tefach hole in this cheres. In this and I seal up half of it. So the question is, does that stop the tuma from traveling? Do you say that you, <clears throat> you no longer, there was a hole so it required a proper seal and you didn't properly seal, or you sealed enough that it's no longer a tephah? Oh, that's the question. So the Gemara says, yeah. Meaning, there was a hole originally large enough so do we say that because it was a hole originally large enough, it requires a proper sealing and whole, covering only half of it is not a proper seal? Or do you say at the end of the day, you it, it's sort of like the, it's like the two hairs thing. It's like, you didn't properly seal it, but you sealed enough. It's like the two flowers. Like, I sealed enough that it's no longer a theft. Like, I sealed enough that so it's no longer someone's going through. So, Rav Yemar says to Rav Ashi, isn't it in our Mishnah? The Mishnah says... Chavis shenikva vistamua shmarim hitzilua, right? We had that halacha. Paka bezimura, let's say there's a hole in the barrel and the is going through and you cover it up with vines. You take vines and you just stuff vines in there. It's only considered sealed, ad You have to smear the vines with clay to really solidify it. Hayu if let's say there's two vines stuffed in the hole, ad shimarech min at chaverta. You have to put clay around the vines and in between the vines. You really have to seal it. What's the implication? The implication is if you don't. Let me ask you a question. You have a, you have a hole, let's say this, a, a five inch hole. You have to, let's say five inches is a tefach, okay? So anything less than this is no longer big enough to transmit Thomas. So our question is if, let's say, I just seal up half, is that a, considered a, a proper sealing or it has, it's all or nothing? So what's the halacha? I have this five inch hole, I put two vines in there. It's, it's not proper, it's not a good seal until you put it with cement. Why? The second you put two vines in there, it's no longer it's a, it's, it's no a five-inch hole. So the Gemara says, what do you see? You see that to seal it, it has to be sealed properly. So the Gemara says, no. The answer is it's different. Over there, the reason why you need to seal it is because if you don't put in cement, the vines will fall out. If you put, our question is, if I cement half of it, is it Yaitzah? So he said, well, vines is like half. The answer is no. If you don't put the cement by the vines, the vines will rot and fall out. It's not even a proper seal. We're at least doing a proper seal, half of it, and therefore he's not sure. Okay, back to our sugya. Uh, the Gemara says, Okay, now here's the question. Bye, Rabbi, go to the next page. Um, Okay, here's the question. We know that when someone steals and then lies about it, right, so you steal from me and then I say, you stole from me and you're like, no, I didn't. I take you to court and you say, I didn't steal because you want to keep it and then you admit you have to pay the gizela and the chomesh. Here's the question. What if you stole chometz before Pesach and the chometz is in your property and I say, you stole from me? And you say, no, I didn't. And you lie about it do you have to and then you admit do you have to pay a chaymish now what's the question normally chaymish is when you made a lie that denies value over here you see when you steal a laptop with 500 and you lie about it you lied about an item worth 500 it has a value over here when you lied about the chametz the chametz has zero market value so do you say i never made a that prevent about, about a monetary value? So it's te- due to technicalities doesn't make a humish? Or do you say it like this? While that hummus has no value, let's say you lose those Cheerios, you'll have to replace it. So it's dover <laughs> hagorib It doesn't have value on its own. But it could lead to value because if, I, if you have this chametz I could replace I could give it to you and then I don't have to replace it. If I lose it, I have to replace it. So it has, it doesn't have a market value, but it could lead to a market value. That's the question. So the Gemara says, That's the question. So the question is. Do we say that right now I'm denying something that has no value? So it's, it's, it's not due to technicalities. It's not considered kofir by Geneva. Or do you say, no, while it has no value, it could lead to value? So that's the question. Basically, in, in essence, is something that could lead to value, is that considered uh, monetary value in halacha? So that was, who is this, Ravva's question? This is rubber, right? So <clears throat> Something which was questioned by Rava. Pshita leil Raba. is confident that that it's Poshitz, that that it has a value. What what's Raba talking about? Okay. Why, why is this different from the fluctuation of pricing that we had <clears throat> on the previous summer? Potentially, it has value. It's true, something. but over here we're talking about a Geneva uh, by by, uh, by uh, lying under oath. Definitely, it could be that something has value that you'll have to return it. The question is. When I lie under oath, is that considered a kofer regarding the type of lie that would warrant a chomash? That, that's the question. I definitely think that it could be in other areas of halacha. It, it, it is. But he's just saying when it comes to this discussion of lying under oath, is it... Is it a... So now this next part of the Gemara is very clever. You have to just understand what it means. It's not hard. It's just it's a chap. We're trying to bring a raya that I lied about something that doesn't actually have value, but it definitely can lead to value, is that, uh, is that, uh, does that warrant or trigger all these halachas? So you know what the Gemara says? The following Bryce. the brysa says as follows. Amir Abba, Shari Ganafta, okay, I have an ox. Gavin steals it. I go over to Gavin, I said, hey, you stole my ox. And you know what you respond? Loganafti, I didn't steal it. I'm here, take it. I, I never stole it from you. So I say, Mativa, why is it in your backyard? Meaning you're not, you actually stole it, but you, your lie is not, I didn't steal it. Your lie is, meaning you're not, normally when someone lies, it's they want to keep it. Your lie is not to keep it. You went, I took you to court, you actually stole my ox. I take you to court and I say, hey, you stole my ox. And he said, no, no, I didn't. So This is why is it in your backyard. You know what you say? I'm your Amishemechinam. Take your ox back. So okay, here's the question: Does that do you have to pay a fifth for that? You stole the item, you lied about it, but you never. Li- but your lie was not to keep it. You swore that you were my shemirchina, even though you were my ganef. So it, 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 your lie was not didn't tr- like your lie didn't help your your lie didn't lead to you actually keeping the item. But you know what your lie did? It could lead me to losing money okay, it's my item. I'm going to get it back either way because even with your lie, you're going to return it because you're my So why? So how did you cause me to have potential financial loss by lying? I'll tell you why. What if while you're returning it or on the way back to court, an onus happens, it gets struck by lightning. If you're a ganiv, you'll have to pay. Shaymer is potter. So your lie, while it didn't actually direct me directly cause me to lose money because I'm going to get my ox back, it could lead to me losing money under certain circumstances. You hear what I'm saying? Meaning normally your lie is, I didn't steal something. I don't know what you're talking about. And then you're like, keep it. No, you're like, I didn't steal it. I'm just your Shemuchinim. It's a lie. So you'll say, well, I'm going to get it back anyway. So how did you cause me the financial loss potentially by this lie? The answer is, because what if an onus happened? If your lie is, is kept up in court, if you never admit to your lie, you won't have to pay for it. But you're not my Shemuchinim, you're my Ganif. So that's a case where it potentially could lead to Gorim to, Lamamon, to, uh, and you're going to see that you have to pay a Chomish. So, what was unclear to Rava is Poshet to Ravah. So the Gemara says, He has to pay. The, he has to bring an Osham, he has to bring a carbon. Forget about the chomish, but also it affects the carbon. He has to bring a carbon for lying under oath. I, you're going to say that the lie didn't lead me to financial loss? The answer is it could. It could lead to my financial loss. Why? Because he made it that he's a shamachinam. So all of a sudden, yes, I'm getting my ox back either way but i want my ox back from a ganif not a shamikhinam because the shamikhinam has much less responsibilities or similarly let's say shamir saher he says i'm a shamir saher he's not afraid for for notion why because the shamir saher is not responsible for instance he says i'm a shayel. because the, you know that if uh, if uh, you borrow an item and it dies uh, due to natural use you 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 don't have to pay so all these cases, Alma, what do you see from here? Even though I'm getting the item back. So you'll say, what does the lie do? Because it could lead to my financial loss in certain circumstances. If something were to happen to the item before I get it back, it would have led me to loss. Therefore, it's considered a lie that will deny me money and you have to bring an Osham. So to over here in our discussion, Alma, who? So too over here, when it comes to chamish of a Pesach, if you lie about it, even though you'll say it has no value, the answer is it could lead to value. And that's enough to say that it's a false oath. Okay, now we just got finished saying that if I take you to court and you stole my item and I say, you stole my item? And you say, no I didn't, I'm just your Merchinum, and you lie about it, you'll have to bring a carbon. You'll say, why? I'm getting the item anyway. The answer is because by you claiming mm-hmm. if something were to have happened between the court case and me getting the item back, I'd have no ability to get my money back and it could lead me to a financial loss. That was Rabba's statement. So Yosef, Rabba, the Karbon HaShemite, Rabba said over this halacha, and Esfei, Rav Amram, Rabba, Rav Amram said to Rabba, I have a brysa that says not like you. A brysa that says clearly that if a person lied, but the lie was not to keep the item. The lie was, he's going to return the item anyway, but there was a different lie. Meaning in this case, he's returning the ox anyway, but he's lying to say that he's not a thief. He wants to save face. It's it's actually very, it can happen a lot. I catch Gavin stealing my ox. Now, there's different ways you can go about it. Some people are just liars and they'll just be, I I don't know what you're talking, I I never stole it. It's my ox. A, A lot of people don't want to do that. He wants to save a little face. I take him to court, and he says, "I never stole it. You let me borrow it. I'm a shemichinam, a shemir a whatever it is." You could see people doing that because it's to save face. Now you'll say to yourself, "You're getting the item anyway, so how, how do you lie under oath at a caused you money?" The answer is because it could lead to money being lost if, from the time of the court case until I get it back, they actually believe you're lying. You're a shemichinam, then you'll get the leniencies that are given to a shemichinu as opposed to a ganav. This b'raisa, though, says not like that. The Brysa says, that you, ad- that you um, deny stealing it. Prat if you admit that the item is not yours and you're going to return it, you don't have to pay. What's the example? Ketzat. Shari Ganafta. I take you to court and I say, you stole my ox. And you say, no, I didn't. I say, so why do you have it? I say, you sold it to me. Now that's a straight case of theft. I'm saying that you stole it and you say, no, you sold it to me. We'll analyze that. But the Gemara is going to explain in a moment. You said that you sold it to me on condition, but conditions were not met, so you're going to get it back. Or, matana, you gave it to me as a gift. Or, your father sold it to me. parasi Or, it, it just chased, it went into my backyard. Or, just came into my backyard, meaning I'm going to return it. Or, I found it wandering in the road notice that's the main case he swears falsely that he's a and then confesses you don't have to pay you don't have to, don't have to bring an ashram so we have a straight contradiction Raba said that if you swear falsely that you're a sharmachinam you'll have to bring a carbon. but this brysa clearly says not like that that was Rav Amram's question to Raba so Raba was upset by this it's hard to understand why this bother, bothered him more, uh, but I'll tr- go to the art school's translation. I'm um, really, scatterbrain. It, I don't know how art school would that that's the meaning of it, but I trust them. Scatterbrain, meaning they were, t- 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 Tadura means you confused. Meaning de are You know the answer is? The answer is, where is the animal when you lied? Meaning, again, in this case, I take Gavin to court, I say, you stole my ox, and Gavin says, no, I'm, I'm a Shemechinam. He lies about it, to save face. Now, the question is, does he have to bring a carbon for lying? So he, why, why would he bring a carbon for lying? Because he could he have caused me a financial loss? How would it be a financial loss? If by the time you get the ox and return it to me, what if something happened to it? What if it was stolen? So if you're a sharmachinam, you'll be potter, but because you're a ganaf, you should be chaif. so you prevent, you potentially cause me a financial loss. So the rabbi says, you have to bring a carbon. The Bryce says, no. You know what the answer is? Where is the ox? If the ox is at court, you brought it to the courthouse. Nothing can happen to it. It's right here. Then it couldn't have practically caused me a financial loss. But if the ox is in a swamp somewhere, and you have to go get it, it's going to take hours or days, and then it legitimately might get stolen by four, then then you could have caused a financial loss. Then, it, then you're... Uh, now, just to finish up this b'risa, this b'risa said... Oh, my goodness, we have so much more. We'll see if we can do it. Um, we'll continue into tomorrow. The b'risa said... Huh? Yay. <laughs> the b'risa said like this. The b'risa said... The b'risa was giving examples where your lie... You acknowledge that the item is going to go back to the owner, meaning you said, "Which was short? Shav is short." Yeah. Right, so maybe we'll. <laughs> so the point is, the Bryce is listing cases where, even the Bryce is listing cases where the thief acknowledges the items going back to the guy, and he's just trying to save face. What's an example? I'm going to return the item. I'm going to return the item. Now the first couple of cases, though, the first case was you sold it to me. How am I gonna get it back? Again, the Bryce is looking for cases where even with the lie, you're gonna get the item back. So if the guy says, I'm a Shemechinam, take your item, then that's a lie, because he's not a Shemechinam, he's a thief, but at least I'll get it back. But if he said, you sold it to me, then how, how is that, a, how am I gonna get it back? I, I, st- I take Gavin to court and I say, you stole my oxen. He's like, you sold it to me. Then that's a classic case of a law. That's not, that's not we're looking for cases where I'm he acknowledges he's gonna give it back to me. So the Gemara says, how is that a good case? Now the case is I say to Gavin, you stole it. And Gavin says, no, 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 you sold it to me. But I didn't pay yet, so take it back. That you have to add those words. Meaning, if Gavin just says, if the if the thief just says, Oh, you sold it to me, you sold it to me. That's that, that's a straight up denial. He says, No, you sold it to me, but I didn't end up paying. So take it back. Okay. The next case. You gave it to me as a uh, you gave you, Your father gave it to me as a gift. How is that? We're talking about cases where you acknowledge you're going to give it back. The case is where I say you stole it from me, and you say, No, 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 no. You gave it to me as a gift on condition I would do certain favors, which I did not do. Take your item back. Okay. The next case is I say that I stole it from you, and you said, no, no, it's a lost object and I found it. I'll give it back to you. Let me ask you a question. If it's a lost object why didn't you return it? If it's a lost object and you know it's mine, why didn't you return it? So the Gemara says He says, "I I found the lost object. I didn't know it was yours. Now that I know it's yours I'll happily return it to you. Okay. Now, just to finish up i feel comfortable we can go um okay uh maybe um the gemara said like this <clears throat> uh, the gemara said oh, oh. tanya all right we're up to tanya uh Umar ben azay where's the two dots yeah well, let's get to the two dots okay let's get to the two dots so the gemara says like this tanya Amr ben azay ben azay says as follows okay we said before that that if I make an oath that could lead to financial loss, it's a it's it's potentially an issue, but it's it's open for debate. But it was a shaila of Rava. Ravah was confident. But again, I didn't swear that actually caused you money. But my oath could lead to financial loss. You know what's an example of this? The like Gemara is going to talk about. It. It's a machlekes. Let's say I swear. The halacha is that if someone takes you to court and you have a, you know an edus about someone, you're obligated to say it. If you know an edus about me and I take you to court and I say, testify on my behalf, and you're like, I know what you're talking about, and I'm like, swear that you saw the loan, and you say, I swear I didn't. The halacha is you have to bring a carbon. Here's the question: What if I take you to court because there's a law? Lo- I had a lost object that you found, right? I say I say it's mine, and you say. I say it's mine, and you say, no it's not, right? We have an argument. Again, I have a lost object, and there's, I have a court case because I'm trying to figure out. I want to get it back. You have an edus that you saw the item in a certain spot, and then you lie about it. Do you have to bring a carbon? And you never. It's not like a case where you saw a loan, where your denying of it directly leads to money. But you saw a guy, like I'm, I lost a, an ox. Okay, I'm looking for the ox. I take you to court because you saw my ox walking on Main Street and you didn't tell me. And you lie about it. Do you have to bring a cargo? Do you say, well, you didn't directly cause me money, but you could have, because if you would have told me, maybe I would have found it. But even if, by the way, it could be, even if you would have told me, I wouldn't have found it, but it's possible. That's the machlaikas, as we're going to see right now. The Gemara says, ben Amar ben Azai saying there are three examples of lying about about a, a lost object. Hikir the first case is, again, in all three cases, you said, I don't know what you're talking about. You lied each time. The first case is Hikr, the first case is where you said you didn't know about it, but you actually recognized the lost item, but you didn't recognize the finder, meaning you actually saw the ox on Main Street. Or the second case is. Uh, or you found, uh, you, you recognize the finder but not the object. Or you could say, meaning, you didn't see the ox on Main Street, but I saw Gavin walking with an ox on Main Street, and I don't know if it was his ox. So I recognize the guy who found it but not the ox. Or the last one is I didn't recognize either. Now, the question is, if you lied about not recognizing either and you actually didn't recognize either, then why is that a lie? No, the case is where you said you didn't recognize either, but you actually recognized both. Now, in these three cases, I lie and I say that I I actually saw your item on Main Street and I didn't tell you, and I lie about it. Do I have to bring a carbon? So it's mamish the same shiloh. It's gair in the moment. By me lying, it's not like I actually caused you to lose money, but I might have... Indirectly caused it because let's say I would have told you the truth that your item is on Main Street And then you run to Main Street, maybe you find it, maybe you don't, but maybe you do, but maybe you don't And that's the shilo of a Goyr Mlamamin says the Gemara, what's the halacha? Lamai hilchasa? Rav Ami, Rav Ami, Rav, Ami Rav lifter, Rav Ami, Rav Hanina, hold your potter in these two cases, you don't have to bring a carbon because you did not directly, your lie you did not directly cause him to lose money. And Shmuel, Amar Chayiv. Shmuel says, because it's dover hagarim garim And the Gemara says, this machloikas is the same machloikas of the other tanoyim that we had. Let's say alone, right? Okay, very, very big kids it's 834, we're done 838. very, I take you guys, you two, to court because you both saw me borrow money or, or me lend money. I say, swear that you saw it and you both lie. You know what the halach is? You have to bring a carbon. Why? Because your aid directly caused me a financial loss. What if only one of you saw it? In Eid Echad. I take you to court and you lie. In Eid Akhad, do, do you have to bring a carbon? And Eid Echa doesn't directly is not enough to make the to make the money, to make the uh, to make the loan be real, but it's enough to make him shvuah. It's enough to get the court case going. So even if you would have told the truth, would I get my money back? Not necessarily. But maybe. That's the point. It's a maybe. Your shvuah caused me to lose money, maybe. And that's the point. It's a machlokes. The my kavivki. What's the machloikis about? The machloikis is if you cause someone a financial loss, or, or maybe a financial loss, is that enough to be chayiv for a shavu? Amrav You know what? Actually, this uh, this is a new topic. We'll stop here because this is a new topic that we'll continue. It's not hard. And Tomorrow we'll start from and we'll. Uh, Maybe tomorrow's daff is easy. Maybe it's stories. Okay. <laughs>